This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick on today's show. The market is holding up okay for a Monday, first Monday in like a month that we're not limited down or something like that. So we'll talk about the overnight moves in the market. Um, what that means going forward here. So as far as individual movers, some big movers uh, in the healthcare space, Abbott Labs jumped on Friday. Johnson Johnson jumped this morning. We'll talk OMI as well. Uh, our guest today is Gil Morales. He's the author of the Gilmo Report and the managing director of MoCA Investors. He will join the show at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, I just want to apologize for being late today. I got stuck in traffic. And uh, it was just really bad traffic. So that's re- oh, that's not a very good excuse, is it? No. Uh, S&P futures up nine sticks. We had a big old down open. And uh, 24.45, we hit that. We bounced. We had a rip-roaring rally to 25.67.50. And now we're still green on the session, folks. So Mr. Market's not worried today. Really like to see follow-through through the uh, pre-market high. The level for the week on the upside – it's going to be 26.50, folks. Uh, that was our high two weeks ago. And then on Friday on the Globex session, we got up to 26.34.50. We cleared that area. Then we're on our way to the 50% retracement at uh, the 2,800 level. Uh, looking at crude, down a buck 32. Crude did have a double bottom at 2,080 area. Old support is now new resistance. Traded under $20 to 1992. We haven't done that in holy moly. I think it goes back to 2002 uh, since crude has been under $20. Gold is winding up here, and uh, it's going to make a move. It had the big drop, the big recovery. Can't clear 1700 and won't break below uh, 1610 So that's your setup in the gold market. Triple D, how you doing? Wild day on Friday. That sell-off late in the day. I hope that didn't catch you off guard. Uh, no, no. I mean, everything take, catches you off guard to a certain extent here. The volatility is still in this market. We know there's going to be whipsaw moves. I mean, putting it in perspective, we've had a 
we've had a nice rally. I mean, really, when you look at this thing, and we were talking about it on Friday's show, we've had a significant rally. Yeah, we had a nice pullback, a couple little pullbacks in there. And I did add a couple small positions, like small, small positions to the long-term investment portfolio. But really, when you look at it, it's kind of just a, a bounce in an overall big downtrend. So I don't think we're out of the woods here yet. You know, I hope we can be out of the woods. Um, you know, and I hope, you know, the markets can get back to, you know, coming and starting a rally here again. But you just look at the potential news flow, same thing we talked about on Friday. Mm -hmm. And you look at, you know, the cases that are going up significantly in the U.S. And you think some of these are going to end in deaths. Unfortunately, you got Fauci on the weekend saying there could be as many as 200 to 300,000 people die in the U.S., I agree with those numbers. I mean, you just do the math and, you know, that math can add up. I mean, it's a mess still in Italy. So there's still a lot of things to worry about. With that being said, help is on the way. So you've got a real battle between the bulls and the bears. I mean, we've got some good news from Johnson & Johnson here this morning. Mm -hmm. Some good news Excellent. with Abbott Labs. Maybe we should start with individual stocks. Talk yeah, to J&J and, and Abbott. Yeah, let's do it. Start it out, Spencer. All right, well, let's start with the news from Friday. This is from uh, Abbott Labs. Uh, it was it, it, it was Friday, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah Friday, you tell exactly what time. Yep. Yeah, that's what I know time exactly what time. It was, was Friday that <laughs> they announced they announced a uh, molecular point-of-care test that can detect the coronavirus in as little as five minutes. That was Friday after the bell. It was big. It's big news. I mean, big news for Abbott Labs. I'm going to tell you the rally at 4 a.m., was absolutely ridiculous. So it's not like Abbott Labs is a penny stock. It's not like Abbott Labs is a small little company that this is going to make a huge impact on their EPS power. No. This all of a sudden just became the COVID play, play at 4 a.m. This thing traded up over $90 at 4 a.m. How high did we get, Joel? <laughs> I, he told you do I, well, okay, I also want to know where you I was got trading it. other stuff, so I wasn't paying attention, but it looks like the high here, 91.11. I got, uh, got 90.85. 91.11 is what it's showing there on, uh, on, the, on the Zoom uh, there that you're looking at. That's TradeStation. Wow. Yeah, it's so messed up. I, oh, actually, on TradeStation at 5 a.m., I see a 91.50 print. So in any regard, it traded over $91 this morning. That basically traded it almost to an all-time high Crazy. it almost traded to an all-time high a stock with a market cap what's the market cap of abbott labs do you have it in front of you spencer it's a race if you don't no but yeah i'll race you <laughs> all right we're racing i'm grabbing the market cap here right now i don't have that information right in front of me so i actually have to just go grab it here and the market cap on abbott labs is 131 billion dollars that was at the close so you're talking about a company of 25 percent. they slapped <laughs> on another 30 billion worth of market cap for the five second test or the 10 or the five minute test that's ridiculous it was a ridiculous move congratulations to whoever sold it at 5 a.m um i looked at it and actually thought about shorting it um but by the time i had looked at it because i was i was trading other things the thing was 87 bucks and i was like well i, was just, I just thought over 90 a few minutes ago and i didn't get back to it so I, I had thought about if it got up over 90 again, I would short it. It didn't get back up over there. And at least, you know, not, not while I was paying attention to it. And then it came back off. But that's a ridiculous move. I have no position at Abbott Labs. Freely talk about it here. Um, I sold it out of the investment portfolio, believe it or not, just a few days ago, which um, I only had a partial position left in it. But with the rally that it had had in the last four or five days, I thought it wise to start lightening up. And I sold at 77 in the investment portfolio, I believe. Um, which was very close to Friday's high. I actually sold it on Friday at the open, 77 and a half I would have got. 
And, uh, you know, you look at it here this morning, 82 and a half. The 90 was a gift. I don't think it's going back there. I mean, it's good news for everyone. This is good news for the whole picture of COVID in itself that we're going to have a fast test. But the company wasn't worth $30 billion more at 5 a.m. than it was the day, what that it was on Friday. That's just irrational exuberance, as Alan Greenspan would say. Um, did you get uh, – Did you, you did play it on Friday, though, right? I, I did, and Joel, don't even – so I bought oh, some sorry. Friday night on the news, and then I, I only got a small little piece. And it traded up a buck and a half on it. And I was like, wow, that's good enough. And I sold it. And I should not have worst dollar and a half. So FIFO problems here, Alex, if you're listening on Twitter. He always <laughs> says he got FIFO problems. I literally was one of the first people in that on that news. Who's trading at 730 on Friday night? Just me. And uh, I sold it up in the 70s. Uh, I think I was able to get in, the, in just, around, just around scratch. And the thing went up a buck and a half, almost $2 Friday night. And I thought, well, that seems pretty fair valued. Little did I know that they were going to get major media attention for this. And obviously, um, where know, do you think it opens? This is uh, this be a little fun exercise here because I, I think it could open, and I think it could open where it is. I mean, yeah. Do I think? Do I think I would buy it up here at eighty-two? Hell no, no. I I, th- I don't think it's worth. I think it's worth a little bit more than it was on Friday. But you know, you got to think of the size of this company. Up eight points on, you know, how many shares are at 1.7 billion? Is it worth 12 billion more now? No, I don't think so. It will be interesting to see where it opens in the book because you had a lot of highs in the $82, $83 area. But um, we'll see. I mean, it's holding on here. I don't expect it to go back up, but I don't expect to give a lot back until it gets under 80 bucks. I think if I was, you know, playing it, had anything short, I'd see what happens in 80. But you're right. This is way, way overdone. Uh, Scott, uh, BDGE thoughts on Peloton as a COVID play. I just want you to know, we said it. Yeah. I'm on a four day winning streak. I, I've been on Peloton four days in a row. <clears throat> yeah, oh, you're, oh, you're on your own Peloton. So not the stock. Yeah, correct. I, I bought the stock. Jason Rasnick came on the show on Friday and he reiterated my thoughts that this could be a COVID play. I like the chart and I think it is a COVID play. I don't think it's gotten anybody really mentioning it as a COVID play, but I believe it is. I'm long the stock just for a COVID play. Um, I, I bought three stocks in my long-term portfolio, but Peloton was put with a little asterisk beside it because it was not going in there forever. I just stuck it in there so I didn't trade out of it. But I feel like this is a stock that could actually hold up if the market goes down. If the market starts to rally, the stock, I think, could rip. I do believe it is. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, it feels like a COVID play to me. So I like it. I'm long it. I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit here, but not married to the position. Uh, I, for traders in it, getting over 27. I see two highs, 27 and 27.38 back earlier in the month. Uh, so I think that'd be a really good hurdle to clear, get into the 28 handle. But uh, good workouts, man. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad we bought it before the crisis. You know, before the crisis, it's a, it's a good thing, good thing to do. All right, let's go back to. Uh, our drug Johnson, yeah, yeah, Johnson Johnson is out this morning. They announced a uh, coronavirus vaccine candidate. They anticipate the first batches of the vaccine could be available for emergency use authorization by early next year. 
Hmm. This is a nor okay, so this move feels more normal than the Abbott Labs. I mean, Abbott Labs has come back down to earth. I mean, when it was up 20% this morning, it was absolutely ridiculous. Again, you've got a huge company. Does this make a difference for the company? Sure, and I'll give them some press and, you know, could be trading up on it. I feel like five bucks isn't, you know, out of the realm of normal for Abbott Labs or for Johnson Johnson. But when Abbott was trading up 15 points this morning, that was ridiculous. So I'll say the Abbott Lab move was ridiculous johnson and johnson move a bit more justified although i wouldn't be chasing big it. move yeah big, big move. move for a big stock uh we just made the high on the last bracket at uh 130 40 uh that's a buck 30 so i don't know there might be some people that you know bought it over the last five six sessions how low did we trade we traded down to 109 16 so if anybody was cherry picking down there under one you know between 110 and 120 Here's a nice gift for you. Getting over and holding 130, I think things really open up for this stock. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, it's a thick stock. There's probably some uh, stock in the book. And if you're buying this one in the, off the open, you want to see it uh, see it go your way pretty quickly. So I, I probably would fade the move. But I, I'm <laughs> not agree. shorting it. If I had it, I would probably sell it. I mean, I'm at this point. So I'm at the point where... I look at this market. It's had a pretty good rally. I'm, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I, I did say, you know, I bought the Peloton, so a little COVID play in there. I did buy a little piece of Microsoft, although that's like, I'm, uh, I, I kind of just wanted the stock for the gaming aspects of it, and I feel like it isn't going to go away. It's not a COVID play, obviously. You know, they've got a lot of other businesses that are going to be impacted, but I, I can't just come in here and start buying every stock here because I feel like the market could still lag lower i'm trying i want to be bullish i really want to be bullish there are some reasons you know the, the two main reasons to be bullish right now if you're going to be bullish the biggest is the fed without the fed the market would be a lot lower the fed has helped the market tremendously the other reason is a cure or a vaccine and you know obviously increased testing so you have a little bit of all of that this morning i believe that is why the market is holding up you know i think that's why you know we were down significantly overnight we obviously, you know, bounce back, but the, you know, we got Johnson Johnson good news. They're working on that Sanofi slash Regeneron drug. They're doing further trials. Regeneron's up here again. I mean, there's drug companies trying to cook up a cure or at least some drugs that help along with the symptoms. And obviously they're trying to cook up a vaccine here too. Eventually that stuff will come out and that, you know, the market can really rip on. So that's why I don't want to be, you know, all hundred percent cash here. With that being said, just you know the potential news flow here, I'm still scared of, and that's why I'm more, I'm more apt to sell the rallies here as opposed to buy the dips. And we're, we're calming down. I think that's one thing we talked about. I've been talking about consistently. You know, when the market calms down and consolidates and digests everything, and I, I think that's uh, your average daily range or uh, the nine-day average true range. Uh, it's down to 188, folks. Uh, it was well over, not well over, but we were over 200. That's incorporating the overnight sessions here, and calming down is good for the month. You know, it's just. Let's have a, you know, a nice, steady uh, environment and not have these huge ranges. So I, if we stay above 20, th th this low for um, the overnight low, 24.45, I will stay bullish for the week. We break below that and I will turn bearish. But right now, 90 handles away from it at 25.31. So that was, we had the lower open, the dip and dive. And then it came all the way back up and you're based, you know, you're, you're up seven and a quarter. 
That was a really weird close on Friday, Dennis. Was oh um, yeah, it was. Yeah, very strange. They hit the stocks pretty hard. There was a few salad balances. There wasn't anything drastic though, but they hit them pretty good. Um, we've seen some wicked moves. We've talked about it. at 350. We're getting wicked moves off the imbalances. Uh, Wayne Dugan wrote up, you know, what I was talking about on the show on Friday. Wayne Dugan at Benzinga, and you can read the article. Um, it's just we're seeing wicked moves at 350 because the floor brokers aren't down there, it, and the information is at three. So imbalances, like we talked about on Friday, come out. They start coming on the floor at two o'clock. The market gets all that information sent to them, you know, electronically at 350. But the floor brokers that are down there already have a feel. They're talking to the designated market makers. They, you know, they can send that up. They kind of know where the imbalances are. I feel like, you know, and I don't know, I, I, it doesn't seem like they have that feel because we're getting these real whipsaw moves at 350. Like it's all new public information. So that's one downside to, I guess, not having the floor brokers down there and not having the designated market makers down there is that we don't know where the closing imbalances are until 350, and that's when you get these whipsaw moves. Um, and also, what about, we talked about this um, on Friday. You know, we got the end of the quarter here. Are these guys just, you know, are they just sitting on a bunch of money they have to put into the market and slowly deploying it? I mean, that uh, we talked about tomorrow's the end of the quarter. I mean, that... I don't know. So I don't know what. Going to be it. some real moves at the end of the quarter this time. Like think about you know how many implications there are here. You know, first you know you have money managers that you know this quarter was absolutely horrible. There is some people out there that don't realize that their stock portfolio got whacked to the tune of twenty plus percent. Believe me, there are some people that real that don't realize that, and they're going to look at their accounts when they get their quarterly statements and say, or even their monthly statements, and going to go, "What the hell." So there could be some window dressing trying to help that out a little bit. So maybe, you know, we do get a pop into the end of the quarter. I mean, if there's, you know, anything the money managers can do, they will try to pop that up, in my opinion, do a little window dressing. But with that being said, there's so many other potential headlines. It's day-to-day. You're still day-to-day on the headlines. You know, as, a, as the cases go up, it's bad news. But as we get closer to a cure, it's good news. So it's still a battle between the bulls and the bears. I do believe we will get a retest of those lows eventually, just because I think the news flow is going to be negative, which is why I'm not going all in here. Um, I don't know. I'll probably nibble on some more stocks if we start to you know, get back down to the 230s, 240s on SPY. But you can't argue with the, with the, uh, with the market right now. They're buying the dips. We dipped significantly overnight, and they bought it again. So there's definitely some people out there who want to be invested in this market. But if you look at the internals today, it's such an interesting day because I see the market spy trading higher here. But I'm, tr- I'm struggling to really find, you know, what is the cows? Besides Abbott Labs, Johnson Johnson, some pharmaceutical stocks, maybe some of your Walmarts up a buck. I mean, you look at oil. Oil is down significantly here this morning. You look at the airlines. The airlines are like on fire, like on, in a bad way here this morning. They're going straight down. We got Spirit Air down 13% this morning. We got Delta Air. I'll just take you through them down 6% here this morning. We got American Airlines down 7%. We got LUV down 6%. We got JetBlue trading down. It's down 6%. You got UAL trading down 8%. The, the airlines are all down significantly here this morning. Um, and, you know, same thing, you know, you go to the casinos, they're all down big here this morning. So like the stocks that started all this, you know, sell off in the first place are the ones really getting hit. The financials are getting hit pretty good this morning. I, I struggle to find the reason that the market is actually trading green here. Uh, excellent point. Uh, just real quick here for um, 
Someone asked about Nike, and Nike did have fundamental information last week. They did have earnings, had a nice pop, and right now, I mean, it's holding in there. I, I see it trading in the red. Yeah, it's holding in nicely. I don't, I'm not so much worried about the 86, 86 high or even that high from yesterday or Friday at 84, 85, 74. What I'd keep an eye on is that close from Thursday, 84.30. You gotta, I think you got to improve on that in a hurry or else this thing could give things back. If you, if you uh, break below the gap day, 76.20, uh, things pretty wide open on the downside. Gap fill at 72.66 and then your four-day low was way down at 64. So it's holding in there. I just like to see it hold or make a new closing high in the move uh, for Nike with fundamental information out last week. D Dennis, I, I've been thinking about that this morning too and trying to figure oh. out why we're up. And it's, it's this is the best Monday we've had in, in, in weeks. Uh, and I didn't... <laughs> because we're flat. <laughs> we're basically <laughs> right. flat. We're, we're, right. slightly, and we're up five points with fair value on the S&P. Think, think <laughs> about what kind of bad news you heard over the weekend. I didn't hear a lot. It, it wasn't... A lot of... No, it's true. I mean, when you look at the news flow, yeah, we have, you know, the U.S., you know, significantly more cases. But we can't... America can't yes. that was coming. Right, right. We, we have more deaths. Yes, we have some horrible right. individual stories. And I feel so bad for people who are losing loved ones or losing people that they know. I mean, that's a horrible story as well. Uh, but, you know, we do have good news. The Abbott Labs is really good news. Johnson Johnson's good news. Like I said, Regeneron, Sanofi are trying their drug over there and taking trials over. And I believe they said to Spain, to Canada. They started trials in the U.S. last week, and now they're expanding into whole, like six other countries. So they're trying. And that's all good news, too. I think that's what's trying to help the market a little bit here. But when you still look at these underlying stocks, you know, the oil stocks, or oil's down significantly here. I mean, I, I, I just went through this, but I'm looking at individual stocks here this morning. There are some stocks getting whacked. Boeing, you know, which has been a source of strength for the market for the last six days, is down 10 bucks here this morning. So I'm very surprised, you know, to you day traders out there, that the SPY is trading flat right now. I'm not shorting it right now because I do see some stocks trading green, but I'm looking, you know, I'm leaning that way that if, if you know, we, we, the imbalances aren't really indicating that we're going to open down significantly. If they were, it'd be a different story. But, you know, like I see Boeing 166,000 to sell, but Boeing's already trading down. I see Abbott Labs with a huge 1.3 million to buy. We know why that is. We've already talked about it, but it's, it's mixed to a certain extent. There are some stocks trading higher, but there are a lot of stocks really getting hit. I, I feel like I, I should amend my comment. Obviously, it's still really, really bad out there. It's really bad in Spain and Italy. It's really bad in New York. It, 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 these hospitals are, are like war zones, so it is still really bad. But it doesn't feel like we got any new, like, exponentially worse headlines over the weekend. Uh, and, and I mean, Italy's rates, their, their case rates were kind of falling a little bit. They weren't, you know, the, the numbers yeah. are still going higher, but the rate of growth is starting right. to slow, which is good right. news. You know, maybe that means the mitigation tactics are starting to work. And, mean, and Trump, and, and maybe Trump saying that uh, Trump saying that we're gonna the country's gonna be closed at least through the end of of, of next month through the end of April. Maybe people are, are holding on to that uh, the end of the end of April as as a potential lifeline here. Well, Who it's knows? important. I mean, we've talked about this for a long time, and people you know argue with me, but I, I, I'm firmly of of the case that. We need to stay closed until we get on top of this virus, or at least keeping some businesses, you know, not, not the essential ones, but 
businesses that can shut down. And now, and now we're going to. Now we're going to. Yeah, where we're trying. You know, it's still. It seems like we're going too slow on that front. Of my, you know, I'd like you know shut her down and then you know get rid of this virus as best we can and then reboot it. But it, it, you know, everybody's. You know, I, I get it. You got the balancing act. It's tough to be a politician here right now. I mean, I you know I've given Trump a lot of hate in the past. Um, you know, we've you know I've, I've never been you know a Trump real hater because you know I've even said before that. Um, when, when I, when I discussed, you know, the whole trading tax thing, I said, I would not vote Democrat cause they're trying to put, you know, wall street out of business really. So, you know, and we trade on wall street, but you know, obviously I feel like the Trump administration dropped the ball. I've said that. I feel like they did drop the ball on being as prepared. I think there's a lot of people with that opinion. Um, with that being said, what other administrations done better? I don't know, but it would have been nice if we were more prepared because we talked about it on this show. Um, back in January, it looked scary in China, and Trump multiple times shrugged it off, saying, "You know, well, only 15 cases are going to be at zero soon." I mean, that was an issue. Yes, they shut the borders. That was one thing he did right, at least you know for planes coming directly from China. But um, it's still—I I don't think there was enough done off the hop, and that's yeah. I, I think there's blames on both sides of the aisle. I mean, I think you know, um, federal government, and you know, so. It, it's, but you know what? We got to, you know, the market's forward looking and we're forward looking here. And, um, you know, I ain't running for office soon. I'll tell you that. We're not politicians. <laughs> so we can't tell yep. you who's, you know, who, uh, we can't tell you how to do this job better. We're traders and all we can trade is the information in front of us. The information in front of me says the news flow is going to be terrible in April. There's going to be a lot more people that die. There's going to be, you know, businesses that are still obviously struggling to survive because of the shutdown. But with that being said, the hope is the cure and the hope is the Fed. Those are the yeah. two things the bulls are relying on here. And that's big hope. The Fed, we know it's going to defend this market. So maybe the Fed can continue to defend this market. And, you know, maybe the markets, you know, hold up. It, that's still to be determined. But so I would be, you know, if I had a lot of cash to work, I'd still be a buyer of pullbacks. Like I said, I bought a couple stocks. Here's what I bought so far. And I was buying, you know, back when we were, you know, on that one pullback, that one day when we got down, what did we get down to two days ago? We got down to 241 on the SPY, and then uh, we pulled back again. I bought a little bit more uh, on Friday. I bought five stocks, all half-size positions, not full-size positions. I bought Microsoft. I bought Peloton, which I already talked about because I feel there's a little bit of COVID play, but that's not a full-time position. I'm going to you know, get out of that thing if it, if it starts to turn. Um, I also bought a little piece of Qualcomm. I bought a piece of Kroger. And Kroger, again, I think I talked about this one. The reason I bought Kroger was this thing has given back all its gains. It's got good support down here. And I don't think Kroger is going out of business here. I don't even think their sales, if anything, they're probably higher than they right. were. So there's a potential for Kroger to actually report better numbers because, you know what, I, the grocery stores are still busy. So, and then what was the last one? Do you remember? Oh, I bought a little piece of Twitter, a little, little, little piece of Twitter. <laughs> I wanted it for a long time. And I bought it right here, like right around the low 25s. So I just bought that on Friday too. Just a small piece. Um, I know the advertising revenue is going to get whacked. So yeah. but I, I, I've sold this thing up at 36 bucks and I wanted to get some of it back. Oh, and I also bought some Activision Blizzard because of the gaming play. And, I, and that's, that I'm actually up pretty good in already because I bought that on Thursday when the thing was in the 54s, I think. It got down to the 53s, but it's up in the 57 handle too. So you can see kind of what I've been doing. I've been buying stocks that I feel like aren't going to be impacted that bad if this you know goes for a long time with, with the exception of maybe microsoft uh so uh, yeah go ahead spence 
I was going to just make a quick public service announcement to anyone uh, trading or investing the XOP or XES uh, ETF today. No, your eyes do not dis deceive you. Uh, they, there is a one for four reverse split going into effect today for XOP and XES. So they're not actually up 200% or whatever. Uh, it's just a oh, one thanks. for four. That's important to let us know. One for four reverse split. Uh, it is nor you, you, the shares are still worth the same. Always but, fun when they do these reverse splits and people are like, "Oh, I'm up so much money!" Oh no, they took half. They took seventy five percent of my shares away. <laughs> you know, uh, also what you got to think about too is the jobs number on Friday. I mean, you know, the market. Yeah, but it, but it's going to be that, that's going to be for last month. So. And we got jobless uh, claims, and you know, yeah. obviously, they shrugged off that bad news. So maybe these economic numbers—they're—they're they're expecting them to be so bad that they actually might buy it. You know, on that data too. It's, a, it's a, this market has a lot of bad news priced in. Do do not kid yourself. You know, there there's arguments and good bull arguments that we could you know continue to rally from here. Stock some stocks are very cheap, but. I, you know, I, I'm hesitant to just go, like I said, I, I picked up a few stocks, so I'm not, you know, obviously when I start to buy some stuff, I'm not hundred percent confident that, you know, that we're going to revisit those lows or I wouldn't buy anything. So I just wanted to get a little tasters on a few stocks that I felt could hold up. Okay. I feel like Kroger, even if we revisit those lows, Kroger can sometimes even get a bounce in some of those. It can sometimes be defensive. So that's why, you know, I, I'm picking on stocks. That I feel like you know, are going to hold up okay, even if we do go revisit those. That's things. a good point. Yeah, Kroger looks good. You got that uh, little Lots double. Lots of support. Yeah, there's support there. And it's not only daily support. I mean, you've touched this level quite a few times. Also, that support area is just, uh, just below where you had, like, former resistance. It had a real quiet period in November through February. Broke out, came back down to earth, and, hey, you're in, it, you're in the trade with Warren, right? So if you're in there with Mr. Buffett, you know, you're – Probably going to do okay. Haven't heard much from him lately, though. Sure like to see what, you know, he, he made some big purchases during the financial crisis. I sure like to see him uh, step up to the plate. Be interesting. That, you know, he did the Goldman Sachs. He did the GE back then. He did the Bank of America. I think that that would be another, you know, huge vote of confidence for the market if Warren came in with something like that. Yeah, you're right. He has been quiet. I've been expecting, you know, kind of watching the headlines, kind of waiting, you know, and you know, waiting because whatever stock he picks is going to get a significant pop. Not an Abbott Labs type pop, but that would not surprise me whatever stock he picks. If it's a smaller cap, that would move 5 or 7 or 10% on it. People are waiting to see what Warren is licking his chops on. So, you know, he's going to be active. You know, he's looking at this market and looking for an opportunity, but um, maybe he's being cautious too. I All right. We got just... four minutes. We got four minutes until Gil Morales, veteran uh, market trader, investor. But um, Spice just sent me an interesting message here. Let's take a look. We haven't really talked about these stocks. What? Uh, with people having more time at home, uh, what about some of these home improvement stocks, right? And uh, so let's take a look at Home Depot. I mean, that, that's off the low. If I was trying to buy it on the cheap, um, it's up today. I'd see if it could pull back, you know, take some of that move back. But uh, the other thing that would be negative about that would be, like, money. Like, you know, if, like, they're not working. Yeah, they could do home improvement things, but you want to be spending a lot of money. Well, but also, how are they going to buy their supplies? It's open, you... but there's a lot of construction crews that aren't operating here, too. Right. I mean, that's there's – there's, you know, so there's some, 
essential ones. Obviously, your roof is, you know, leaking here. They'll probably get out there, fix your roof. But uh, I know, you know, from, from my understanding, I know a lot of construction people around here that there is a lot of construction crews that are operating very small uh, crews right now. So you got to expect the, the majority, you know, yes, you have home improvements, people, individuals, but a lot of Home Depot low sales are going to be, and maybe even the majority come from construction companies. So doing major mm-hmm. construction. You know, the home builders, we've seen what's happened to the home builders. KB Homes, Lennar, they've all been hit really, really hard. I mean, they say it's not impacting them as much yet, but I'm sure it's going to. Um, you know, when the wealth of the world falls, people are going to build less new homes. So, yeah. you know, and obviously, you know, if this lasts for a while, you know, I got to think that it's going to impact them too. So I think that eventually get, finds its way down to Home Depot and Lowe's, which they're not at ground zero here. They're still, people are still going to do construction. But they're not, you know, they're not safety trades. I'll tell you that. Okay. I'm just looking at the charts, and they've all had nice bumps. So I think it's just kind of with the market, you know, can they, you know, can they hold on or can they, I would just figure 50% on all these. If you're looking to pick it up on the cheap, don't, you know, don't know if I could chase it here. I mean, if you feel like you're really missing out the boat on something, you could always deploy a little bit. And then see if it comes back in lower. But uh, if people aren't leaving their house, it's hard to go get supplies to do home improvement. All right, uh, eight thirty-four. Let's bring on our guest. Let's bring a few, se- a few seconds early here. Gil Morales. He is the author of the Gilmo Report. Also the managing director of Mocha Investors. I'll bring him on and unmute him. Gil. Oh, Gil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you. How how okay. is it going this morning? There's my video. All right. There, using, look at uh, that. Oh, we got Gil on video. Hey, Gil. How you How's doing, buddy? Owl traders. <laughs> How's it going, Gil? How are we well, actually. I'm uh, I'm feeling very fat and happy because I just picked up about fifty percent on the downside, shorting the market starting at the end of February. But you could see it coming. I mean, it's like a train coming, and I was surprised at how many people were. Uh, Somewhat, uh, or, or let's say fairly oblivious. Now everybody wants to buy the bottom, but the, but the bottom makes sense to me because essentially what you did on the S&P, if you look at a long-term chart, a weekly chart of the S&P or the Dow, you came right back on top of this long consolidation between that, that occurred between early 2015 and the latter part of 2017. If you guys remember that market, that, that, that included the big uh, flash crash of August 2015. And uh, you, we basically came on top of that. So it's just a big choppy range. The market went nowhere. And so we came right on top of it on the Dow, got pretty close to the top of it on the S&P, and, and you bounced, you know, but you were ready to bounce because once the, you know, financial cable TV channels start telling you we're officially in bear market territory, then you can start to figure that's where the first bounce is going to occur. And now at this point, if you look at the charts, the bounces don't really impress me. I mean, if you're good at ca- catching falling knives, go for it, but really not my uh, bailiwick. Uh, I get short, I, I make my money, I back away, and I'm watching how the, ba- the bounce transpires here. And it looks to me like you could see the NASDAQ and the S&P uh, rally up to their uh, 200-day moving averages. So that, that, that's a 50% retracement. So that would offer some pretty decent, uh, say, reaction rally type trades in individual stocks. I think you have to pick the right groups. I tend to favor the clouds and things that are related to uh, the, the mass transition to the cloud that you're going to, that you're actually starting to see anyways. Uh, and, and that, of course, those are names like Zoom, uh, Citrix Systems. I like DocuSign. I like RealPage. I like Coupa Software. I like Avalara. Um, several of those names in that space. But I think you do have to sort of investigate the names and 
and decide whether these are going to see any significant increase in business. But the whole thing could long-term be good for the cloud and also opening people up to the idea of using the cloud more. So I think the, the one thing about this COVID-19 uh, crisis is it's going to change our behavior, not only now, but I think also going forward. So that's something to think about. So, you know, so, so I'm sort of playing it. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'll play some longs if I think I can catch a good trade off the lows. I know uh, Workday, or not Workday, um, the symbol is work, but it's Slack technologies. I can figure out why, why they didn't want to use a symbol that was Slack because it makes you think of a slacker, but uh, <laughs> Slack technologies is one that uh, I think is interesting here. And that one has actually doubled off the lows, if you take a look at that. And if you're using undercut and rally long setups, because you know, I can't catch a falling knife. I think it's foolish to do so. If you think you're that smart, then go for it, but I'm not, okay? I, I need a reference point for support and for a selling guide, because I have to keep risks under control. That's what a good trader always does. So if you have no reference for minimizing your risk and controlling it, then you're asking for trouble. So I like an undercut and rally type of setup where you take a prior low, in the pattern, it could be three, four, five weeks ago, maybe a couple, three months ago, and you, you buy it as it's coming back above that low, and then that becomes your selling guide. So you're able to keep risk very tight. And usually, when you get to the lows of a strong down move like we've had, the, the rebound is very sharp. So if you catch that undercut and rally, you should immediately see it start to move higher, and it can work very well as a trade. Then the trick becomes how much are you expecting to get out of the trade? So we're out of the line with Gil Morales of the Gilmore Report. Uh, worked uh, with Bill O'Neill at uh, Investors Business Daily. What are the institutions doing? I mean, you talk about that. I mean, it was hard for the. I was, it's all machines. You know, you got these hedge funds doing all kinds of funky stuff, and they all almost blew up. I know Millennium has come back thanks to the Fed. So to me, there's no traditional institutional accumulation like you used to see, like mutual okay. funds. Well, Bill O'Neill's work was based on this whole idea of mutual fund sponsorship, but it doesn't exist anymore. You know, you've just got these machines pushing things around. You've got index uh, funds, push ETFs pushing things around. So I don't think you have that so much as a driver. And if you look at some of the data, I know Goldman's put out some studies that show last year, most of, almost all of the net buying was done by stock buybacks, by corporations. So now these corporations can't buy back their stocks. So you wonder what sort of dynamic that's going to put into any rally and how far it can go. I, I tend to think that we're going to chop around here. You can see the NASDAQ and the S&P go to the 50-day line. But I think this is going to turn out to be a big bear flag and we'll make a lower low. And it also seems like everybody's getting too positive here too fast. It reminds me of April 2000 when everybody thought we had a big V bottom. So, but again, I'm not going to go on my opinion because you know what they say about opinion. So I'm yeah. going to go with uh, the technicals. Anyways. Do you have a I'll downside target? Downside target? I have no targets. I mean, we hit the first target on top of the big consolidation that extended from early 2015 to late 2017. But, you know, at this point, I'm just waiting to see how things roll over and then we'll see you know, if they roll over. You know, who knows? Yeah, Maybe well, all this... Well, what would turn you? You know, there's 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 people out there that think we're going right back to all time high scale. There are. Well, I think I think right now, obviously, the path of least resistance has been on the upside, right? Because you're seeing everything rallying off the lows, and I see a lot of undercut and rally type setups. So we know, short term, that's where the path of, of least resistance is, and as Jesse Livermore used to say, that's where you want to go. You know, you don't want to go uh, fight the fight the trend, even if it's a short term one. So I think uh, I'll, I'm bullish until it's it's not prudent to be bullish anymore. So I'll go long until I see uh, if we can't get to the 50 day line on the 
S&P and the NASDAQ, then maybe I flip back to the short side more aggressively. That said, I think, you know, like Dennis was pointing out, there's a huge amount of volatility in this market intraday. So if you're a day trader, you could probably have a lot of fun. It's a lot like 99, you know, everybody quit their jobs. Oh, wait, they already have quit their jobs. Oh, and you could become a day trader with all this volatility. So that's how I see it. Gil, you mentioned a bunch of stocks at the top there. Are those all names that you would be buying here regardless of what the overall market's doing? I, I went, that's to say I've been playing them off the lows. And uh, at this point, I would be just inclined to see if they can hold support. Like some of these, you look at something like the DocuSign, it's hanging along its 50-day uh, moving average, I think. Let me check that real quick. I think I'm right. Am I right on that, you guys? i got to pull up my little charting module here. Yeah, you look at something like this, it's hanging along the 50-day line. You had a pullback into the line on Friday. It looked like it was going to break it, but it got support slightly above average volume. So that sort of thing, you know, this to me is an entry, and I can use a 50-day line as a selling guide and just bail out. So. How about oil? Down at buck thirty-seven under $20. <laughs> uh, it doesn't look good for oil. I would avoid oil. I don't see any impetus for an upside trend. If everybody starts going back to work, and driving again, then maybe you could look at oil. But I think, you know, I know a lot of people have been trying to buy oil stocks all the way down and for the last several months, and they've just been decimated. Uh, so I wouldn't even bother with that. Now, my indicator for that will be, you know, driving here in LA, uh, I can drive down the 405 freeway at 5 p.m. on Friday night, which is usually just a parking lot. Now it's wide open. Reminds me of the old days when I first, uh, you know, I grew up in LA and just watched it turn into a big quagmire. So when I started seeing more, cars on that freeway, then, then maybe I'll be uh, interested in going long oil. Unless there are a bunch of Teslas. Yeah, I don't know. Electric cars don't really What about Tesla? Really on. Let, let's talk Tesla. Tesla. You know, well, Tesla was actually, you could have bought that off the 200-day line because it had a bottom fishing pocket pivot. So that is a, a reasonable entry right there. You look at the pattern is exactly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days ago. And you had a bottom fishing pocket pivot off the lows there. And, um, it popped and ran up to the 20-day line. Now it's backing down slightly with the volume declining, but still above average. But it looks to me like it's trying to consolidate that move off the lows. So I guess if it came closer to 10-day, the only problem with that is that's about 50 points lower. So I'm thinking that, uh, you know, I'd watch this one as it sets up because it could turn. So And then another thing is if all the shorts start jumping, if you look at a lot of stocks, they've got pretty big short interest right now. I'm interested to see what the latest uh, month-end numbers look like, and they won't be out for about another four or five days. Uh, Gil, of all this, of all the stocks you mentioned earlier, Coupa, uh, Slack, Zoom, uh, um, there's a few, a few more you mentioned. Uh, Citrix Systems, Crowd I believe. Strike, are, are, uh, yeah, CrowdStrike. These are all these are all long-term investments for you. No, they're trades. Okay. I, I don't know. The word long term to me is, uh, you know, for, is for silly investors because nothing is long term. Eventually, long term becomes short term and stocks top. Uh, I don't care whether Warren Buffett's buying them or whoever. Uh, and I would not pay attention to what Warren Buffett's buying, although, it, it, you know, there's a lot of talk. Well, what's Warren doing? He's not doing anything. And when, when he does something, we'll buy what he's buying. Why? You know, just look at the, the chart. Be, be a trader, you know, uh, assess things on your own and don't be a sheep. You know, I, and the same thing with all these drug things. I know what, what's the one popping today? Abbott Labs. Uh, Abbott, yeah. Crazy. You know, right Gil, but this got up to $91 at 4 a.m. 91. got up this morning, but it's a short there. For you sure. Know, you could have shorted it there, but unfortunately, I can't start trading until 
4 a.m. my time. So, you know, it's only been an hour and 45 minutes. Well, you got to sleep too. <laughs> you got to sleep, sleep sometimes. What's sleep? Oh, what you, you don't sleep? need to sleep. At okay. my age, you don't need to sleep anymore. You don't need that's to the sleep. Thing I, I wake up after five hours of good sleep, and that's pretty much it for me. So then I just kick my wife for the rest of the morning. But, uh, you know, you got that, Regeneron, Moderna, uh, even Gilead. You know, look at the patterns. They get little pops, but what do those pops turn out to be? They're tactical shorts, mostly. So I don't, I'm watching this Abbott this morning. It's now back to, what, 81.96 on the last pre-market trade. You got the 50-day at 83.07, the 200-day just it's above 84. It's fading, yeah. So, yeah. so I don't, and what is it, how much, uh, do you guys know how much it's going to add to the earnings? What is it, the, is it the five-minute oh. uh, yeah, the, the five minute test. That's what I was saying. You know, this morning they're pricing an extra $30 billion on Abbott Labs market cap. And yeah, there's no so. way in the world it's putting, you know, that kind of money onto their earnings, you know, even on a multiple perspective here. So, right. So, this might be a They rallied it to an all time high. It, it was absolutely no, ridiculous. Really? Yeah, that's right. You're right. Wow. Um, not a lot of stocks making new all time highs. No, not very few. Uh, other than Zoom, uh, Citrix is trying to. Uh, those also, you know, I'd be careful with those because uh, Ring Central is coming in with a video conferencing system that will replace the uh, portion of their customer base that is using Zoom. I guess it's embedded in Ring, Ring Central's system. So there's going to be a lot of en entrance because there are a lot of companies that have the capability. And as, as everybody migrates more to the cloud, I think you're going to see more entrance coming into that space. And I don't see that there are a lot of barriers to entry. Uh, among those stocks. So Zoom could, you know, run its course. I thought it was interesting. Do you guys see that on Friday? Goldman uh, put a sell rating on the stock, but they raised their price target from $70 to $80. And the stock goes up to 160. I think it's trading 160 in the pre-open this morning. I think people didn't notice that there wasn't a one uh, before that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've never but, been yeah, sure. Go figure. I don't know how to interpret those when, when you downgrade, but raise your price target or vice versa, upgrade, but lower. I, I, I don't never understood how to interpret those notes, but speaking of the cloud here, I saw this from, from Microsoft over the weekend. Microsoft said that cloud services have seen a 775 increase in demand in mm -hmm. the past few yeah. weeks. And they, they expect uh, that their team, Microsoft teams, daily active users will top 44 million. Uh, and that's a direct competitor of Slack. Right. Uh, so just talking about how we, how low the barriers to entry are uh, for these types of services. So I, I would watch out for that as well. Uh, yeah, for, especially watch out, for, watch companies, out for, the big uh, for companies that already have an infrastructure set up like Microsoft and also a large installed customer base. So, yep. you know, so I think you'll see more of that. And I, I'm, I, I guess Slack is picking up a lot of business. They reported another two and a half million users added uh, over the last week, I guess. And that's pop, you know, the stock's going to break out this morning. It looks like it's got to get through 30, but we'll see. But that's one I've been playing, you know, and actually on both sides, you know, if it, if it run, when, when it broke down, I was short it. And then as it's been coming up, I've tried to short it. And then after a while, you start to realize where the line of least resistance is. And then I just flip them go long. So, you know, to a lot of people, that's weird. But in my book, in this market, that's the only way to survive. Uh, Gil, can, um, can you tell us uh, one trade you've made over the past few weeks that you screwed up? Uh, let's see. I never screw up, you know, I, that's, <laughs> Nobody I, ever I loses. screwed up. I thought I had traded. No, I'm trying to think, what did I screw up? Um, you know, I, I'm just, I would say that I, I stick to my discipline. So if, if I screw up, if, if I make a trade and I, I have my, my risk managed, in other words, I know where my selling guide is and I get stopped out. I don't consider that a screw up. My trade went according to plan. Okay. And a lot of people need to understand that concept, point. you know, when you get stopped out of a trade, if that's part of your plan and your risk management, 
then you didn't screw up. You just, you just uh, executed the trade as you had planned and you stuck to your plan. So I can't really say, you know, I screwed up uh, royally or anything. I, I'll take small one, 2% losses if I get stopped out, maybe three or four, depending on, on how I'm playing the particular stock. But I don't consider that a screw up. So I think the screw up would have been trying to get long this market uh, too early. And I know people who did uh, with disastrous results. So, so you got to be careful. I mean, it's still not an easy market. It's very dangerous. And it may pay more to just hang out uh, right now, just let things kind of play out because you don't know if we're going to spend several weeks chopping back and forth there and that go. just turns yep. out to be a, a bare flag, you know, and we go lower. Just reference, I mean, this market, it's like 2008 in the sense that we have a financial crisis at the same time, but the, the velocity off the peak is very much like year 2000. So, and I remember people got too bullish, even Bill O'Neill got bullish in June and started saying it was just like October, 1963. I was like three years old at the time, I guess. So I don't remember that one, but uh, that was what he was saying. He turned out to be wrong. So I remember John Bollinger too, on the first break uh, down in the V move on in April. I'm trying to remember this in my head. And he came on CNBC and he said that that was the classic V bottom and we hit bottom. So even the best guys can be fooled, you know? So you have to be careful. And that's why, you know, I'm not so smart that I can't use stops. You have, you have to have them. So even if you don't plan a trade with the stop, then you're a fool. Now, I'll mention one thing I like here. I'm long physical gold, but of course, that's been a 20-year trade for me. I bought it when it was under 300. However, when I think we're going to get some upside thrust, I will use the GLD. And we had a buy signal on the GLD on Monday when it gapped back above the 200-day line. Now, that type of setup is what I call a moving average undercut and rally. So it's basically a shakeout through moving average, fakes everyone out. As soon as it pops back above that moving average, I'll go long that. And I'll do that with the GLD or, or any stock as well. So that was one thing that worked pretty well. Uh, and I've handled that trade pretty well so far. But I would watch the GLD coming back into the 50-day line here. I think gold is going a fair bit higher uh, if and when it, before it rolls over. So I don't know if it does. But there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there right now. So, And I'm uh, also Gil, starting a, a toilet paper ETF. I just want to let you guys know that. <laughs> Symbol P-O-O-P. -P -P. So um, okay. it's, got, it's got high demand right now. So. Okay, um, trying to think of a good pun related to any. To, oh wait, tell us about the liquidity of that fund. Which one? Tell us about. Tell us about. Tell us about poop liquidity. Tell us about poop liquidity. Together pretty well. Okay, good. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And you got to watch out for the constipation. That's that's so okay. Yeah. Yes. You, you can get carried away with it. Yes, we're all going to. We're starting to get carried away. Okay, Gil. One consolidation. I bet consolidation. One more before we let you go. Someone in the chat's asking yeah, Gil. Talk to Daffy. Well, uh, <laughs> Gil. Uh, someone in the, the chat's dogs asking. Are getting Daffy here. So here we go. <laughs> Gil, one more for you. Uh, Chewy, H have you looked at Chewy in, in the Chewy. past few weeks here? The online. Pet food. He's a dog named Chewy. That's kind of a. I'm Mexican American, and that's kind of a Mexican American nickname, Chewy. Uh, anyways, Chewy, C H W Y. Yes. Uh, my my uh, my pet bird is long. It's like you know that pattern looks pretty decent. Uh, let's see here. It looks like. Uh, what's up with this one? Is everybody nobody can get? Food well, you're not going to go to the store, pet so store, pet so food. you got to order your food online. Ah, <laughs> that's the deal. Okay. Um, Pets.com is working right now. Yeah, I, I think you had to buy it off the ten-day line last Thursday, so I think you're Light probably a little now. bit late. Yeah, but it looks pretty good. I mean, even on the weekly chart, it looks like you're trying to break out. But look at that. Oh man, look at that V-shaped, that 
two weeks down and then two weeks up to new highs. I don't know. That's uh, or not not new highs, but higher highs. So that's pretty funky. All right, Gil Morales is the author of the Gilmo Report and uh, managing director of Mocha Investors. Gil, as always, we appreciate your time and yeah, your uh, and your wisdom, and, and we'll talk soon. Okay, take care, you guys. All right, bye, Gil. Go. All right, eight fifty. That's always fun to talk to Gil. He knows his stuff. Eight fifty-two oh, yeah. oh, yeah. here. Uh, one name I wanted to hit on before I forgot was OMI. Dennis, you know the story. Uh, the CEO was on with Kramer yeah. on Friday. They're a hospital supply company. Talked about how they are uh, expanding their production, although it could take a few months, and the stock has rallied hard off of that uh, appearance. I'm, I've got a position on it, so I'm going to limit my comments. Ah, an active okay. trading position. Obviously, okay. it's a big pop for the stock, so we'll let Joel go. Uh, let's see. Whew. I mean, that is a big old pop. Uh, just let me look. You hit, what, you hit 363, and then you had about a three-point move, a buck and a half, so buck and a half on that, 510, 520. Wow, but that's a couple bucks away. I don't know. This is a big move. Let's see if I can find something on the daily highs here. Right, let me go to the pre-market chart on this one just to see where we are at as far as the pre-market high. Always on this kind of play, if you're in it and you're in it on the long side, you want to see follow through through the pre-market high. And uh, a couple times it spiked up to the 750 area. You're trading there right now. So you hold you hold 750. Oh, man, there was even a, a double top at that area going back, uh, going back in December. So holding 750, you got to look at eight. There's a pair of triple – Triple top at 775. So, a lot of resistance there. But if you are buying this off the open, you want to see this thing just keep on going. You don't want to see a pullback. All right, 8.54, about five minutes left in the show today. I, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on Microsoft here because I, I mentioned it with, uh, with well, Gail. I bought it. <laughs> So, okay. I mean, I bought this one. This was a stock that I've wanted in my portfolio for a long time. I bought a half size position saying I'll buy half now. And if this is in the retirement account and if it pulls back to those lows, I'll maybe put in the other half. I believe this is a company that is going to get through this. I think I've been saying, and I've been preaching this for a week and a half, buying solid tech companies with a lot of cash and that are going to survive regardless of, uh, you know, prolonged shutdown. So this fits the, that description. I mean, their gaming business is probably doing still excellent here. Obviously, there's going to be some businesses that aren't doing as well. So it's not a, like a COVID play, but I think it's a good company. It's a nice pullback. It's a reasonable valuation. I mean, you know, maybe not when you start to look where the earnings are going to be forward, but I nibbled. I nibbled on some Microsoft. Just nibbled, though. It didn't they, um, uh, like, add a, but don't they have a platform, like a Slack platform or something that they added, like, yeah, a true? Yeah. 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 Teams. Teams. Yep. Teams. Yep. I mean, Cisco, too. We haven't talked about Cisco, but they have an excellent product that competes with Zoom. Cisco, what's their product called? You know, just taking Well, I was on it last night. WebEx, Web isn't it? Yeah, I was yeah. on it's okay. it last uh, Yeah, it's okay. I was on it last night. I, I kind of like Zoom better. Maybe it's just I, I like Zoom better, too. I yep. own shares of Cisco, though, because valuation's cheap. <laughs> okay. But. All right, 8.56. Uh, the market continues to climb this wall of worry here. Uh, yeah, up 26.50. 
very orderly, orderly, you know, just a rally. They're bumping, they're bumping. Uh, Pre-market highs, 25, 67, 50. Uh, not much after that, folks. Uh, we got up into the 2,600 handle briefly on Friday and uh, also on Thursday. So we'll be keeping an eye on that, Dennis. Do we have any it, um, imbalances pushing it's us It's the weak higher? get weaker and the strong get stronger. So the stocks that have been the weakest in this market, which you know we've talked about the cruise lines, the airlines, the casinos, Boeing, those stocks are all getting slammed here again this morning. So despite the market having a really nice pop, those stocks are all down significantly, um, which we've already, you know, which we were covering about 20 minutes ago. I mean, you know, they're getting hit. The cruise lines, and you know, maybe they're not getting bailed out. Doesn't sound like Trump's too keen on it. You know, look at Carnival Cruise down another seven percent. So here's a day that the S and Ps are trading up 25 handles, and you've got you know Carnival Cruise lines down seven percent. You're really seeing separation here now. The stocks that are holding up well today are your defensive stocks and your drug stocks. So your consumer products are doing very well here this morning. I know Procter & Gamble gets another upgrade. There's been upgrade city here for Procter & Gamble, I feel like, the last few days. Late to the party, in my opinion. I mean, now you're getting on some of these things that just feels like it's getting you know back. These stocks are starting to get back near, near their highs. So Procter & Gamble gets upgraded by Jefferies here this morning. They also upgrade Kimberly-Clark, KMB, another consumer products company. So you kind of get what the trade you know, Jefferies is looking at there. They're looking at stuff that's probably still going to have a decent amount of sales in an environment that we could be on a prolonged shutdown. So I get it. But with that being said, if the market starts to roll over, they'll start to hit everything. So I think if you're coming and buying all these stocks now, like Clorox and Procter & Gamble, although Clorox is interesting. Stop and look at Clorox. I just brought that one up. That's interesting, Joel. What do you think of Clorox? Uh, whew, I mean, you got that. ugly head and shoulders, but if you got above the neckline back at 180, yeah. it starts to look interesting again. You know, and you see, it is a COVID play. It was a COVID play, at least. Maybe that's over. Maybe that ship has sailed, you know, on these buying these consumer products as COVID plays, but uh, that sure don't look that bad to me. 177 and a half is really what you got to clear to get back into blast off mode here. You had a high at 177.44 on March 23rd. You went to 177.43 on Friday. Maybe a big seller perched here um, at that 177 and a half level, maybe up to 178. Um, also, what you want to see if this is a stock that's going to be continuing going higher. And I would expect it to wow, 50% retracement on this one. It went from 214 down to 161. So that's 39 and 14, 49. Basically a 50-point move. Uh, add 25 of that. You want to get it right back into the 170, 185, 190 area and hold and then go back up and test the high. So little rebound here. If it did take out that low at 165.22 for you longer-term players, could you get a quick revisit here at 160? But I know Lisa's been buying it, so you know it's so hard to get disinfected. She found some recipe to uh, make her own disinfectant using some Clorox. So keeping uh, keeping the place clean and uh, and me in the house. So minute left here. Just overall thoughts. Yeah. Expect. I would still be doing the same thing that I've been doing for weeks here is selling the rips and buying the dips. 
I'm going to continue to play it that way because that is what has been working. So you look this morning, you're getting, you know, a little bit of a pop. We get back up there near, you know, Friday's highs. You got a double top up there. You probably find a little resistance here once again. I mean, you got a significant battle between the bulls and the bears. Nobody knows how this story, you know, we, we obviously all hope it's going to end well, but nobody knows the timing of when this is going to end. We just know it's, I think April is going to be ugly. So I'm still using the opportunity to lighten up on certain positions that I'm uncomfortable with. And obviously the stocks that I'm replacing them with, we can see the kind of stocks, you know, that I'm looking that hold up well, like a Kroger. So, you know, this is, you know, with the investment hat on the trading, I'm trading everything. I mean, I'm selling rips and buying dips and that's what I'm going to continue to do because that is what is working. Uh, just short-term perspective here uh, for the S&P. Uh, we are climbing up here near the pre-market high, 2567.50. Not much above there, folks. You can look at your daily charts and get into the 2600 handle. 2605 was Friday's high. Your high close of the rebound, 2608. And then uh, I just mentioned above that, you know, 2634 was your high for the week. And your two-week high was 26.50. So I think it's really important, you know, for this market to continue this rally, get above 2,600, close above 2,600 today, and, uh, you know, clear that path up to the 50% retracement. And that comes at 2,780 to 2,800. The volatility is coming down here. So we have, you know, we're building a base, it looks like. We're just uh, keep an eye on the news flow. Hope it continues to uh, find about cures and things like that and not about, about deaths. All right, for a uh, free two-week trial and subsequent discount to Benzinga Pro, it's our real-time news platform. Click on the link in the description of this video on YouTube. You can also always catch the replay of this show on YouTube or catch our podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks to our guest today, Gil Morales. Thanks to all of you in, in both our chats, both on YouTube and our premarket.benzinga.com. You can always give us a call, 734-494-0246, or email us, premarket at benzinga.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there. We'll be back with you at the close, 3.40 until 4 o'clock. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.